Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into 3304 Sports Podcast. Colby and Bertram are going to be riding, riding with y'all a little bit solo here today. Uh, it has been a little bit since the last episode in which I do apologize, but obviously a lot's been going on. Had finals coming up, had multiple breaks that got sandwiched in between there. Doing a little bit of communication law right now. A lot of uh, you know, a lot of diverse things, a lot of fun things, a little bit of mix up. Got to see family uh, a week ago um, out uh, abroad in Kansas, quote unquote, the, that being quote unquote for abroad. But uh, one thing that we kind of left off on in which has been a little bit disappointing because we missed a, a good portion of weeks there. Uh, definitely bad for my end on this is picks. So we're going to be doing a little bit of a picks episode. Uh, Abby has her picks in. I will give you analysis on mine. We are going to be reviewing some picks that we made uh, over the bowl uh, stretch, but it's just going to be a day behind. It could possibly be two, depending on when we're posting this, uh, as there's one bowl game uh, when recording here on the 30th that we are also covering. But on top of that, to give you guys a little bit of an idea for the rest of the schedule, we are coming close to the end of the picks series. Uh, we are kind of trying to find a way of how to make it best work and ultimately the best possible solution here for the end of the pick series. We are going to end with the last week of the NFL regular season. No playoffs. We're going to get you know some of those last big week 18 games. Like, the, for example, the Jaguars and Titans. That's a huge game. Uh, playoff implications so figure that we can't leave some of those off the board but that is where we're going to be extending to but of course we have the uh college football championship right after that as well that we're going to be covering we have a lot of college football that we'll be talking about here but we have a few episodes more of this we'll be covering what we have college football wise today abby and i um and then i believe i will also cover what we have for week 17 in a shorter episode, may combine something else in there. Um, and then past that, we'll have uh, one final episode, uh, which will be covering uh, the NFL and then the championship game. Uh, those are going to be, you know, one same episode. Uh, and we, I don't know how many games are going to be on that one yet. Uh, these are, of course, as bowl time and everything, slightly different totals. As uh, normally we do 16 a week, but, you know, bowls are very important and whatnot. Uh, I haven't counted. I don't think we have 16. Uh, It would be kind of ironic if we did. Uh, I think we do actually have 16 games with the bowls in mind as well. Um, So we'll have 16 uh, between the next two episodes. And then in the last episode, it's probably going to be less. Um, which is bad for me because, as you guys know, I am down the series. But with the math and everything done, I'm currently three week uh, or three games. I said three weeks, <laughs> three games behind Abby currently in the picks. So it is going to be kind of a miraculous comeback if I can hit it. Uh, Abby and I have some differences, uh, but with that in mind, I'll go ahead and hit you guys off with a recap, and we'll talk more about anything else that's going to be happening after this episode uh, towards the end. So with that in mind, uh, Abby and I had some Thursday games on the slate and we both went two and one with the exact same games agreed upon. We both went Minnesota, both went Florida State and both went 
Texas. Uh, Minnesota didn't really surprise me um, as Sean Tucker, one of the big pieces of that Syracuse op- offense, opted out of that game. And Syracuse had been on a horrible stretch uh, to end the season after having a phenomenal start to the season, uh, almost a la Kansas um, in football. But uh, outside of that, I, I kind of figured Minnesota was going to get it. Uh, FSU, I figured they're going to get it. They scared me in the first half, but ultimately they came and they got the job done as they were supposed to. They were definitely the better team comparatively to Oklahoma. So it was good to be able to see that happen. A great, great end of the season there for the Seminoles. Uh, absolutely deserved to phenomenal season that they played. Um, and then on top of that, the Texas game, that kind of surprised me since Texas was, you know, basically in their own backyard and they'd won their last four bowl games. But Washington took it to them and beat them by a touchdown, which was kind of surprising. Um, I know Texas lost to John Robinson, and that's a huge piece of their offense gone, similarly to that of Syracuse. But I figured that they'd recruited relatively well, more than likely at the running back position. And then obviously Quinn Ewers, I kind of thought that uh, Ewers is better than Penix. So ultimately that was going to kind of outweigh that and uh, results in a Texas win. But frankly, Abby and I were wrong and uh, Washington won again. Uh, And I was really tossing that game around too. So very unfortunate uh, that I didn't hit it. But Abby and I have four differences here in the bowl games. Uh, So I will go ahead here and we'll start off as we'll be covering all the bowl games uh, up until uh, I believe it is the Monday uh, of next week uh, of next week. So I think that's the day after New Year's. Um, That would be a day after New Year's. But we'll go to there starting off with our only game here on Friday, uh, which is going to be Notre Dame versus South Carolina. Now, originally in this game, I actually had a different take on it, uh, but I did a little bit of research. I did a little bit of thinking and I did a little bit of praying to the football gods as I really need to come back in this series. And I have flipped my pick from South Carolina to Notre Dame. Uh, Abby has gone with South Carolina. Um, and there's a few reasons for this. First of all, both teams have been awful when it comes to the Gator Bowl. There's only one win combined between the two of them. And between the two of them, they have uh, somewhere close to 10 appearances. I don't have the have it pulled up immediately in front of me, but I believe it's like, uh, I, I believe it's seven. I wrote down one and six combined between the two, but I may have miscounted a game or two. Uh, so, but ultimately all you need to know is that they have been horrendous when it comes to uh, taking that trip to play in the Gator Bowl. However, with that being said, South Carolina has a lot of opt-outs. That is something that I do have in front of me. Notre Dame has two. They have probably their best uh, player in Michael Mayer, who's opting out. But then they also have Isaiah Foskey, another one of their top players, uh, arguably their top defender this season, who is out. Um, And then it's going to be a little bit of a concern of who's going to be going at quarterback. Uh, seems like Tyler Buckner may be able to play, but it's either between him or Steve Angeli. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's been having to recruit a quarterback. A lot of rumors that Hartman is going to be their guy. Uh, we'll talk a lot about Portal at some point soon, but we'll see. But on the other end for South Carolina, what's really been helping them out in the past few weeks, their defense has been absolutely depleted of its talent. Cam Smith, one of the top corners in the class, is out. Zach Pickens is gone. Darius Rush is gone and Devonnie Reed, 
That is three players in their secondary all opting out of the bowl game, which is shocking. And then the, the defensive tackle, Zach Pickens, and they're also missing Dylan Wonham on the offensive line. All of that combined with the fact that Shane Beamer is going to be without, I believe, his offensive coordinator, uh, Marcus Satterfield, who is said to have left for Nebraska. So in my opinion, as I looked at this game, when you have bowl game opt-outs, uh, you have players that have entered the transfer portal. I don't know if that means that they can play or not, but I guess we'll see. Um, I just don't trust South Carolina in this game. Um, I know they won their bowl game last year. Notre Dame didn't. Um, I believe that was Oklahoma State that Notre Dame played. Um, but ultimately, I think that when I took a dive at this game, I feel like South Carolina lost too many valuable pieces, particularly in the secondary. Uh, and I think that that is going to really hurt them. Uh, I also think that on top of that, losing their coordinator is really going to hurt them. Um, as Rattler, I think had been getting better as the season gone on, got on. However, you know, with an, uh, you know, with the plays possibly being called uh, by someone different, possibly Beamer himself, uh, a little bit of a concern there. So I think that Notre Dame is ultimately going to be able to pull it out with uh, what is left of the talent they have which is then going to ultimately make 2023 for the Fighting Irish look very bright as, of course, they had a pretty bleak season, at least to start, um, but they are doing really well with transfers uh, or at the very least with rumor transfers with the likes of Caleb Smith wanting to come in, uh, multiple quarterbacks looking to come in. It looks like the Fighting Irish might be able to reload and have a, a significantly better 2023 than the scary start that they had in this season. So I'm going to side with fighting Irish uh, for the Gator Bowl, uh, the first difference between Abby and I, which then takes us to the Saturday games, the, uh, you know, the NY six games and whatnot. And we are starting off with a big one, which is going to be Alabama taking on Kansas state, a huge, 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 huge game between these two sides. Um, and Abby and I, uh, I think unsurprisingly for the audience, for you guys in the audience, uh, have differed here. I went with the Wildcats to win. She went with Alabama. Uh, is part of it a little bit biased for me? Honestly, yeah, a little bit of it because, you know, Kansas State's a really good team. I watched that team, uh, you know, a few games this season, including in particular the Big 12 championship, and they looked solid. Um, so I, I think part of it could possibly be biased from my end, but what I'm also going to add into that is that I think this is a game where Kansas State is going to be really fired up. This is a huge game. You don't really have many chances uh, to play like a team like Bama. Um, and I think that Kansas State is most certainly a big game team, uh, as they have shown throughout this season. Um, but then on top of that, from what we know, neither side would really have any opt-outs, which is really good for Kansas State. I would say even more so than Bama, um, mostly because I think that Kansas State, like their top players, they really, really rely on, uh, whereas that of Alabama, you know, there's they've had such an easy time saving in the crew for recruiting that, you know, if they were to have possibly missed Young and or Anderson, it wouldn't have been the worst loss. But, uh, of course, two picks who are projected to be you know, top five picks in this year's draft are going to be back. Uh, but ultimately, a, a lot of this, 
comes from, I think this Kansas State team, as I was mentioning, I think is going to be fired up. Uh, they just won the Big 12 championship game, uh, which if you reflect on the season, that means that they probably could have beat TCU as well in Texas when they played them in the regular season. So this Kansas State team knows that it's better than what their rating and record shows. Uh, and Nick Saban kind of dogged them in the media, trying to bump at Alabama's stock to get into uh, the college football playoffs, essentially saying, you know, TCU, they, beat, they lost to Kansas State. You know, blow a loss, put Alabama in there. And it's like they, they lost in a championship game to Kansas State. They went undefeated in the regular season. I don't think that that's a big problem. On top of that, TCU lost in overtime. We'll be talking about TCU shortly, of course, but – I, I just think that those types of comments and uh, again, someone like Chris Kleiman, who uh, similarly to that of like a Saban himself has them pretty well in the postseason, uh, of course, with North Dakota, uh, but of course, I believe a bit with the Wildcats as well. I just think that Kansas State's going to pull off a big, uh, big shocker. Um, big 12 has been a little bit disappointing in bowl games, I believe, to start off. So I think that the, with that disappointment, you got to have a little bit of a balance and I think that balance starts here with the with the Cats. Uh, ultimately, this Bama team is a team that struggled in games where people were expecting them either to do well or, you know, really not to lose, like the Tennessee game, LSU game. Um, and I just think that Kansas State's going to be able to pull off a win. Uh, I do want to note as well, whenever I picked against Bama, I got it right. Um, I projected both of their losses to that of Tennessee and LSU. Um, and I do feel confident that Bama is going to lose this game. Maybe it's wishful thinking. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of the purple and uh, purple and silver of Kansas State being there that is blinding my uh, true feelings on the game. But I, I, I do like when I'm talking about this, I do truly feel from the bottom of my heart that Kansas state is going to beat Alabama. I don't know what exactly is going to happen, but I think that it's going to happen. Uh, I just think that there's going to be underestimation of the Wildcats. And I think the Wildcats are going to stick in there the whole time. And um, my personal opinion, this is probably the hardest defense that Alabama's had to play this year. Most, I would say it most likely is, but Kansas state has played really well defensively. Um, it is something that climbing like one thing that's impressed me about Kansas state is that big 12 football has not been as great in recent years on uh, having solid defenses, but Kansas state continues to have a pretty solid defense under climbing. I think they've done a phenomenal job there. So with all of that ramble out of the way, I do think that the cats are going to win. Um, I know it's a little bit of a surprise. It's almost in Bama's backyard. It's the Sugar Bowl. Bama, you know, uh, are embarrassingly not in the college football playoffs or quote-unquote embarrassingly, at least, you know, for Saban and his staff. So they're going to want to win, but I just think that there's going to be a little bit of uh, magic that's going to put uh, them boys from Sunflower State over. So I'm going with the Cats. But honestly, that's probably my game to watch this weekend. That game is going to be so much fun. Uh, tune in, like, please tune in. I think that that's going to be a really good game to watch. Speaking of Big 12 teams, how about the team that Kansas State just beat as we're going to get into our first of two college football playoff games as it's going to be TCU, the Horned Frogs, coming up against the Michigan Wolverines. And in this one, 
you can call it Big 12 bias if you want, but I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs. Uh, most of my reason going with the Horned Frogs here is that Michigan is in a very awkward spot. Um, Michigan's going to be without Cade McNamara, most likely, as he is transferring away to Iowa. Uh, so I believe that means that they're still going to be relying on their uh, freshman, which he has been doing well. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, it has been a very solid, or actually not freshman, a solid season for J.J. McCarthy, the sophomore. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Big Ten, I, you know my opinions, it's kind of meh. Uh, particularly, you know, having the worst division in college football currently. Um, but I think the biggest reason as to why I'm going with TCU in this game is, first of all, maybe a little bit of an underestimation. Second of all, uh, maybe a little bit uh, of heart for TCU as, like, you, I really felt for TCU after losing that game. Duggan was just devastated. He really wanted to get that win for the Frogs. Um, and you could really feel that from him. Uh, I think the biggest thing, though, which is why I'm going to be going with TCU in this game, is the unfortunate injury to Blake Corum. Now, sure, you can go and say, you know, but Cole, look at the Purdue game when Blake Corum was already out, you know, after he got injured against Ohio State. You had sophomore Donovan Edwards absolutely balling out. Uh, Michigan native had 25 carries, 185 yards, and a touchdown. Like, the dude was insane. He's against Purdue. You know, like this, this isn't like you can't compare Purdue to TCU. It's just it's just not acceptable. It's not even a fair representation between the two. And my concern for a team like Michigan is TCU is a team that is not going to go away. Even if they're down, they're going to be like breathing down their necks consistently. You know, if, if you look at this TCU season undefeated, I believe I mentioned it before, but I'll say it again. It's been a miraculous undefeated regular season for TCU from the scrambled kick right at the end of the game to win by one against Baylor. Um, the Kansas state game, their top two quarterbacks being injured in the first half and not scoring a single point in the second to come back and win by 10. Uh, Kansas had Jalen Daniels get injured in the first half, which then, uh, you know, had Jason Bean come out to try to win the game. They couldn't do it. Oklahoma State, double overtime. There's been a lot of close calls for this Horned Frog team. And I think comparatively to the Horned Frogs, the Wolverines are not going to be prepared for that type of pressure because they really haven't had much of it this season. Sure, Maryland played them close. Sure, Illinois played them close. They've had some games that have been shockingly close, but I, I just don't think that that is going to be the case here. Uh, no, I think that that's going to be the case here, but I just think that when you're up against a team of the caliber of TCU with the heart of TCU and everything that they're playing for, I just think that it is a hard ask for this Michigan team uh, to be able to get the job done against TCU. Uh, I, I, you know, for either side, most players are returning outside of injuries. So I truly think that coming up against the talent of TCU is just going to catch Michigan off guard and it'll be a tight game the whole time. I think it's going to be the best, uh, better of the two playoff games, but I think the Horned Frogs will ultimately come out on top. And ultimately this is going to be the first big 12 team in a while. I believe that's made the championship game. Um, so if they ever have, so, I mean, I'll tell you, um, but 
I, I, I believe it's been a little bit since the Big 12 has actually uh, been in the finals, if they ever have. And I don't believe they ever have. No, this would be the first time the Big 12 has ever had a representative in the college football playoff championship game. And to be honest, why not? <laughs> why not it be the TCU Horned Frogs uh, going up and uh, winning the Big 12 and then going and shocking the world and being able to beat Michigan to reach the finals against either Georgia or Ohio State? I think it's a lovely story. I think it's really, really cool. And I just got to go with the Horned Frogs in this game uh, to finally give Big 12 representation uh, in the championships. Following that, though, uh, that being the third difference between us as Abby went with Michigan, uh, that leaves us with a 1-2 matchup, or 1-4, between Georgia and Ohio State, where Abby and I both went with Georgia. This is a pretty simple one for me. Ohio State has lost, uh, I believe, two games this year. Uh, definitely the one to Michigan. Uh, Michigan being the hardest opponent that they played, and they really weren't close in that game. Um, so ultimately, no, they only lost the one. But that Michigan game to me for Ohio State was really telling. Uh, C.J. Stroud did well, but ultimately they weren't able to get much of anything done offensively, and their defense wasn't able to stop Michigan. Um does Georgia have an incredible offense or anything? I wouldn't say so. I think it's good. But this Georgia team is built off its defense. And their defense is insane. Kirby Smart, of course, a lot of players on this team have already been there, done that with the CFP. They are the reigning champs. Uh, and I think particularly with Jackson Smith and Jiba out of this game, it just makes it all, all too um, obvious what is going to happen uh, here, uh, unfortunately, for the Buckeyes in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, you know, of course, in Georgia, <laughs> it's it's just screaming that Georgia's going to win. And we have blowout games, I think, pretty consistently in the college football playoffs. I think this is no different. I think this is going to be an embarrassing blowout for the Ohio State Buckeyes. So I think Georgia wins comfortably and moves on to the championship game where they'll have to go all the way over to the West Coast to play in my prediction, TCU Horned Frogs in the national championship uh, game. But uh, in Abby's prediction, it would be Michigan in the national championship game. A little bit of one-two matchup. I believe that would also be a rematch from last year. I believe Michigan and Georgia played each other in the uh, semis. So it would be fun to have that revisited. That'd be cool to see it. Following that, though, to get out of the college football playoffs uh, with two or three games left to talk about here. We're going to talk about uh, MISS, ISS, IPPI State taking on Illinois in a pretty big game here. And I have the uh, Mississippi State side coming out on top. Um, of, of course, I uh, want to send thoughts and prayers to the uh, family of and family of Mike Leach and to the players of Mike Leach, um, uh, as of course, uh, in our uh, hiatus, uh, he, he did unfortunately pass away. Um, honestly, a really bad loss. Mike Leach is, is a really enjoyable person, but I, I think that 
that's going to be a big thing for this Mississippi State side. I think Illinois is pretty good, but they aren't a consistently great team. Um, I think Mississippi State is a very solid team playing in a harder conference. They've had some pretty solid games. Um, they've had some unfortunate losses, but ultimately uh, I could see Illinois pulling off a win here. Um uh, in this bowl game, but I think, you know, down South in Tampa, not too far from Mississippi state, the nation's going to be behind Mississippi state to wrap up their season in a positive light. Uh, and I think that they're going to be able to get out on top of it because I, I will keep reiterating that I think Will Rogers is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. And I don't think that Illinois is going to be quite ready for that. So Mississippi state in the win here, uh, big win. Uh, and, a great way to honor their head coach. Um, next up, though, is going to be Tulane versus USC. And I had a lot more trouble in this game picking the winner uh, than I honestly anticipated. Um, because this, this is, you know, on the surface, it feels like this is obvious. You know, it's the juggernaut, you know, it's David versus Goliath. And normally, you know, Goliath feels like the easy answer. But David's a little sneaky. He really is. Because Tulane's been a very solid team this year. 11-2 and two against the spread, I believe. 11-2 overall in the season. Uh, or maybe they only missed one game against the spread. I digress. They've, they've been massively impressive um, this season. But USC is also kind of a different animal. Like, they're they're really, really solid side. Caleb Williams, of course, your Heisman winner. Um and it's going to be a tough ask for the Green Wave if they do uh, pull off the upset uh, against the Trojans. It is possible Jordan Addison's out and Andrew Voorhees is out, so, uh, both opting out of this game. And on top of that, Caleb Williams uh, played through an injury in the Pactual Championship. Uh, so there is a possibility that he's going to be limited in this game. But I do think that USC is going to be able to come out on top um ultimately will fritz has a so-so record in uh bowl games um and yeah i mean he did play lincoln riley last year uh when they took the uh trip to uh oklahoma and they almost beat them as massive underdogs i do remember that game it was like second or third of the season last year uh so you know it's possible you know, Fritz has shown before that he can uh, really get under Riley's skin. Uh, but I do think that Riley, uh, new era, you know, same players, new era in a sense. And I think that ultimately Riley is going to be able to get out on top uh, and wrap up Caleb Williams' Heisman winning season uh, with a neat little bow uh, in a bowl game to uh, recover from the uh, loss against Utah which speaking of is our final game on the slate, Penn state versus Utah, a pretty big game. Really excited for this one. I, I, I think it's going to be a, a good one. Definitely uh, my favorite of those three. Uh, I think that it will be able to put on a fun show. Um, and originally, originally I went with Utah in this game. Now, that does mean that I changed it, and I'll explain why. But Utah, it's hard to pick against them, right? This is such a solid team. 
Uh, it is a team that did lose in the uh, in the Rose Bowl last year against Ohio State. So, you know, not a lot of fun against the Big Ten there. Uh, maybe want a little bit of revenge. But this is also a team that has huge opt-outs. Clark Phillips, one of their top secondary players, has already opted out of the game. Um, but then you also have on top of that not only their leading rusher, but their leading receiver who have already opted out of the game, that being Dalton Kincaid and Tavian Thomas, both are not going to be playing in the Rose Bowl, which is very, I would say, shocking in a sense, definitely surprising. Uh, I feel like Kincaid is really talented enough that if he would have played and showed out in this bowl game, uh, that it really would have raised his stock. I could see him being a first-rounder if, you know, he was to really show, uh, show off his skills even more here, but I digress. He's, he's going to get drafted. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I think he's a really, 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 really good player. Um, but Penn State, you know, they aren't without their uh, unfortunate, uh, unfortunate news as well, as uh, they're going to be without Joey Porter Jr., uh, their top secondary piece. Uh, both uh, Porter Jr. and Phillips, I believe, are projected to be first-round picks. Um, so it's definitely a game where, you know, most of the sides there, but not all of them. Um, it's hard. Um, you know, Utah has been doing pretty well. Uh, they have covered spread for their uh, final five games this season, uh, you know, including massive wins, two massive wins against USC. Um, you know, their, their coach is pretty impressive when it comes to bowl games. Uh, but ultimately, I feel like when you're losing two top guys like that, you know, there's a difference to me with USC losing Jordan Addison to Utah losing Dalton Kincaid. Uh, as Jordan Addison didn't have a miraculous season or anything with USC, I like him. I think he's a really talented receiver, but it wasn't anything to write home about. It was just a solid season to wrap up his college football career. Whereas Dalton Kincaid had a very solid season. And I like Devon Vela behind him, a huge receiver, uh, quite literally uh, at 6'5. Um, but I just don't know if I like most of the receiving court behind. I think they're okay. I don't think it's anything great. And Penn State's going to be great at defending that. And they're not going to be looking towards, you know, their, their backup options. Uh, Micah Bernard, Vela, Parks. Uh, they'll look uh, for Yas, uh, look towards Yasmin at the tight end spot. Uh, so that, I just don't know. Uh, I, I feel like Penn State is a solid enough team to be able to get the job done here. Uh, however, granted, they did lose both games to Ohio State and Penn State. Now, they were closer with Ohio State, but still, both games were lost by multiple touchdowns. So maybe against another really good team in Utah out west, Utah closer to home, they're going to be able to do well. Um, and, you know, Penn State, uh, I think maybe without Parker Washington. Yeah, he's out. So they're going to be without Parker Washington, uh, I, I presume, and Joey Porter Jr. So it's hard losses, but I ultimately think that Penn State's going to be able to find their way on top of this game. Uh, Clifford has had, uh, I would argue, his best college football season uh, this year. Um, just very, very solid uh, under the center, uh, under center for uh, the Nittany Lions. And I think that he finishes off his career well here as Cameron Rising will probably take one more year, uh, reload one more time with Utah to try to up that draft stock a little bit more. So of that, Abby and I also differ. She takes Pac-12 with Utah, and I take Penn State. 
Big Ten. So that will do it for our college football games. That is the 10, already two and one between Abby and I, uh, tied uh, as we took the same picks um, for the Thursday slate. However, we have four differences in the next seven, uh, starting Friday and ending, of course, with Monday. Um, big games. I am down three uh, overall between, I will tell you guys right now, 192 games. Um, uh, I'm at 111 and 81. She's at 114.78. I've not done the percentages on that. Uh, I, I, maybe I'll get a percentages for the next time I talk about it. But the goal is, I, I, I'd say this, right? The goal for me is if I can at least win three of our differences, then I'm only behind one. And if I'm behind one game going into the NFL and going into our last couple of the episodes of this, you're telling me there's a chance. And I was able to clutch up last year, hoping that I can clutch up this year. If I, if I miss somehow at all four of these, I'm probably done for, but you know, cross our fingers, cross our toes, cross our eyes. I guess if you want to uh, just praying to hope and hope and hope that we can get the win here uh, get some wins here, but we'll see like for it to end competitively at the very least, but you know, it is in the hands of the college football gods. Now, um, before I wrap things up, I will give you a little bit of an idea of uh, what to expect here in the coming weeks. Uh, of course, with calm law, there's a lot for me to do, but I am going to be getting stuff out uh, uh, after, you know, that hiatus. So, Things in mind, of course, the World Cup. We have not talked about that. Connor Mardian, Ishan Lamba, and myself uh, will plan on talking about that pretty soon. Uh, Ishan uh, is currently not in the States, and I believe that he'll be back uh, relative, you know, in about a week or so, so we'll probably talk about it then. Uh, we'll probably talk about, uh, speaking of soccer, the upcoming transfer window, um, and then on top of that, uh, we'll have probably a Premier League recap at the end of the, uh, or a Premier League like halfway point at the end of the uh, month of January, uh, kind of see where Sean and I's predictions are, et cetera. Um, outside of that, of course, we have another NFL episode that I presumably will be recording either sometime tomorrow or maybe after uh, the uh, women's game, women's basketball game, January 1st, as well as we'll have one more episode following that. And then that will be the pick series over outside of our, of course, our finale, which is the punishment, uh, which will also presumably be taking place next month. Um, and outside of all of that, uh, we are going to be covering a lot more college basketball. We have interesting ideas there, lots of plans there, but ultimately men's and women's will be talking about a lot. It's really exciting times. Both sides are doing really, really well. And, you know, uh, hope that they're going to continue to do well. But we have a lot of college basketball to talk, not only Virginia Tech, but also the overall landscape of college ball is going to be very, very exciting, very fun to talk about. Maybe some NBA, but definitely a lot of college ball. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all enjoyed this episode very much. Glad to be back. Glad that you're listening. And with that being said, I hope you all had a great Christmas. I hope you all have a happy New Year's and have a great rest of your day. Take care.